Hey, Washington, D.C., spring is almost here, and now's the perfect time to get a healthy, pest-free lawn with your local experts at True Green, America's number one lawn care company. True Green's science-based approach will help give your lawn the year-round care it needs to be thick and weed-free. Go to TrueGreen.com radio to save 50% on your first service. Just call 877-461-0681 or go to TrueGreen.com radio today and get a lawn to be proud of. You're listening to the Super Sports Flash Podcast. Welcome in to episode 15 of the Super Sports Flash Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Will. Yeah, and I'm Tyler Shibish. And I'm your other host, Matt Natch. Oh, I guess I'm a host, too. Yeah, but, you know, whatever. We took a break for a little bit because, you know, had to get our classes in uh, in order. It's Lots of a, things happened. Lots of things happened. Things did happen. Yes. <laughs> Many things. It's been a solid minute. But we're back. And since we last left off, had the Alabama basketball season started when we were still? I think, yeah, it had started. I, yeah, I think it had. And we were like, we're like loosely talking about it. I think we were bad back then. So we were. Surprise, we're not bad we're not, anymore. Yeah, we're not bad anymore. We're actually 10-0 in the SEC. Who would have thought that? Combine Alabama football and basketball this year is 20-0 in SEC play, so we're, that's pretty cool. We're in everything school. Football, basketball, basketball tennis, everything, cricket. Hail Nate Oates. Hail Nate Oates. So they're coming <laughs> off a 78-60 to 60 win over LSU. Uh, LSU? Yesterday or two days ago? Uh, it was Wednesday, so it was yesterday. Yeah. So well, so it was Wednesday, February the third of all the days yes. already. Honestly, I've just been in my room because of online classes. Like yeah. everything kind of blurs together at this point. But <laughs> I feel you. Uh, I saw Trenton Watford, everyone's favorite LSU basketball player, really struggled, which is you know a good sign for Alabama fans. He, he had always basically he always struggles in Coleman Coliseum because the dude grew up loving Alabama and then yeah. decided to go to LSU because he thought it was going to be a better basketball. Yeah, no, I don't think that's why he, personally. Yeah, not he, the conspiracy I think he wanted a little. Uh, yeah, Will Cheddar little De Niro on the from side. Will Wade. Besides, we all know that that Will Wade is Will notorious Payne. for slapping money down on the phone. Mm-hmm. He's just like, "Hey, I'll pay you this much," and the FBI is like, "Are you an idiot?" <laughs> but yeah, so that was Alabama's, I think, fifth quarter one win or quadrant one win. Yes. And yeah, I believe so. I think you're right. That's very good. Uh, Joe Lenardi, the bracketology guy, today Excellent. put out a. Yeah, he put oh, out a. A, uh, a tournament schedule, like a mock schedule, mm-hmm. and he had Alabama as a one seed, which I thought was crazy. Wild, uh, man. Wild. I don't think we're going to be a one seed. I guess I don't want to be a one seed. I think we're going to be a two seed, probably, mm-hmm. if we keep it up. Hey, man. I like being a one seed. If Here's the thing. The difference between a one and two is almost negligible and everything, but I just like the small, small boost that it might give us in recruiting new people come two okay. or three years down the line. And this is a kind of a dumb question, but I never really follow college basketball that much. Are all the games neutral site or is it home court advantage throughout the thing if you're a one seed? For the tournament? Every yeah. single game is neutral site okay. anyway. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, yeah. That's what yeah. I was asking. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't advantage. sure. And it's, well, especially this year too because of limitations to like stadium capacity. Yeah. It wouldn't really make a difference anyways. Yeah. And the funny thing is that actually kind of benefits us this year because outside of you know our recent game against Oklahoma, which we did drop because Oklahoma's really freaking good at basketball. Yeah. And like you could argue the refs were doing some dirty work in that game. But yeah, that was brutal. It's neither here nor there at that point. But outside of that, we have shot fantastically in opponent in like an opponent's gems. Like John Petty, or was it we set the uh, SEC record in three pointers made, beating our own record yeah. in LSU, in yeah. Louisiana. 
And then John Petty has just been going off in every other stadium around the except Southeast, Pullman. except ours. Yeah, they shot <laughs> 25%, six for, uh, six for 24, quick math, from beyond the arc this last game. And recently, I mean, they just haven't been shooting that well, but it doesn't seem to matter. Actually, fun fact, I have a class where I had to write about an Alabama-related sport topic, and I wrote about Alabama's rise in basketball and why they're good. And their offense is all pacing-focused, right? Even when their shots aren't falling, they're always a top offense because they just get so many offensive possessions. Yes. And the big difference this year from last year is we have defense that can complement it. Yes. They were actually giving up 10 points per game less than we were last year. And so we're like 163 out of 360-something teams, which is middle of the pack. But last year, we were like 260 out of 360. Yeah. So we moved up over 100 spots defensively. If you watch us play games, and you'll be like, man, Alabama cannot hit a shot this game. You'll check the score five minutes later. We still haven't hit a shot, but neither have they. Yeah. Because no one gets open shots against us, despite the fact that we have next to no size healthy right now with Bruner still out. Yeah. Here's the thing. I... It makes me nervous that we are so reliant on the three, even though that's our bread and butter and we recruit guys to play here that are good three-point shooting because if you have a game like the Oklahoma game where you're not hitting your three-pointers and you're just getting absolutely killed on the boards, um, you know, there's not much that you can do. And See, but that's the thing is I would kind of argue the opposite way in saying that we're not really reliant on the three. Like We'd shoot a lot of them. But we beat LSU shooting 25%. We shot abysmally against Kentucky and won yes. with free throws and layups. So even the games that our shot isn't falling, we end up pulling them out. I mean, except the Oklahoma game, but they were a good top competition. Like Oklahoma has won, I like, five or six top 10 games in a row. Yeah, it was point. like their five of their They're, last five games were against top 10 teams. Oklahoma is literally on fire and managed to only beat us by five points on our worst night with a little bit of help from the refs. I'm just worried when it comes to tournament time, if we go up against a team that's physical, yeah. are we going to be able to compete with them? Because I'll tell you what, Alex Reese and you know all the other guys we have are yeah, just getting abs- playing center <laughs> are absolutely getting bullied uh, down low, and it makes me nervous. I mean, let's say we go up against a team like Iowa. You know, they got Jordan Garza or not Jordan Luka. Garza, Luka Garza. Well, I would agree with it, but here's the problem with with that is that yeah, our offense does live and die by the three a lot. But the fact that we pace so much, Luca Garza is not athletic. The dude is not athletic. So Iowa, and look at it, their starting lineup, it's Luca and like a couple white dudes that can't really run much. They're just a bunch of good set shooters. So we just pace them out. They're gassed. They can't hit shots when you're gassed. It's so much harder to do. I'm not worried about big physical teams like that because, yeah, sure, we struggled against Mississippi State when we weren't hitting anything. We still won the game. They have three big men. They ran two to start. They started two centers, and we just ran them into the ground. The The biggest thing about a big man is that you have to run a 2-3. Besides their height. <laughs> yes. The biggest, thing, the biggest thing about a big man is his height. Fun fact. But when you have a big man on the court against Alabama men's basketball, you have, simply have, to run a 2-3 because he's not going to be able to keep up with our five wide. A big guy along the perimeter is liable to get cut on, and Alex Reese has shown that he is willing to take a guy off the dribble. He's done it quite frequently, and in the last three games, Alex Reese has been the best guy on the floor for Alabama. Are you serious? The Have best you guy watched on the, the floor? Every time I watch the games, Reese is just Reese, is, Dude, Reese, I think, leads the team in scoring over the last three games. Dude, he's... Killing. That worries me. 
I, it doesn't worry me because he's playing out of his mind right now. I didn't. Yeah. Here's the thing. Two years ago, Alex Reese couldn't catch a lob. He threw one down against LSU last night. That was impressive. And again, that sounds like a knock on Alex Reese. It's not. The dude is like, he cares so much more. His defensive production is through the roof. The dude's getting like a block and a half a game now. Yeah, but his he's known as a three-point shooter. And if you look at um, his three-point shooting percentage over his tenure at Alabama, it's the lowest this year. And so what good is he if he can't play defense and he's a terrible three-point shooter, then like, what's the point in having him out there? He can't grab a rebound. Here's the thing. He is a very good rebounder. That's the thing that you're missing here. He's a good rebounder. He's okay. I wouldn't he's, say that he's a good he rebounder. Is the, he is one of the best free-throw rebounders I've ever seen in my life. On offense, when we're shooting a free-throw, Alex Reese is just about as liable to get that ball as anyone else on the court. And also, he's not a three-point shooter. He was brought into Alabama as a tall guy who can rebound and occasionally stretch the floor. He's not known as a three-point sniper, and he takes the dumb shot occasionally. But the fact of the matter is he's getting open, and he's willing, like I said now, to put the ball on the floor, take it, and go up with it. And he's hitting a lot of them. Over the last three games, Alex Reese has really impressed me. He helped pace us in that win over LSU. Sure, we won by 18, but he got us out of some sticky situations. I, I like what he's bringing to the I don't know. I'm, not, right I'm still not sold on, um, on Alex Reese. Obviously, if we get Jordan Bruner back, that'll be a huge addition mm-hmm. for us, and I'm hoping we can. Just yes. because that'll help, you know, help us immensely. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of is unfortunate that Alex Chiku got hurt at the beginning of the year because yes. he was arguably, arguably going to compete for, like, the starting spot. I mean, he's pretty good. And so, uh, Juwan Gary actually has been playing, I love getting Juwan more Gary. minutes, and it's kind of nice because he's basically a, a proxy big man at this yeah. point. Like he's, yeah, his rebounding is spotty yeah he got a ton of rebounds last game he got seven rebounds last game that tied his season high well they need to get him more minutes though but the thing is when he's on the court i mean he's he's productive they just he hasn't been able to get out there well that's the thing when he's on the court he's not always productive and he does take a lot of dumb layups he him and rojas are kind of similar in the way that they they take the same kind of dumb layups now Rojas is not as good as Jawan Gary. Yeah, but I'm Rojas. Not a fan will, of Rojas. Here's the thing with Rojas: he'll spark something, because you know who's like second on the team and in uh, hard hat points, right? It's Rojas. In games where Rojas plays, he's second on the team, because whether he means to or not, he ends up on the floor. He dives for balls, whether he wants to or not. He'll go out there, he'll get a rebound, he'll bump someone out of the way. He's like Zion if the aliens from Space Jam took his powers. Took his athletic abilities. You want to talk about stupid layups, though? I just do not under... I've never seen a player (laughs) as good as Jaden Shackelford that takes such dumb shots all the time. It's not just Shackelford. Every time I watch this team, it's Jaden Shackelford... Herb Jones, Javon Quinterly, anytime they go in for layups, is that what you're referring to? Well, layups? I was just talking about Shackleford so takes weak. these weird, like off balance, yeah. yeah, like no, falling they all, away layups. They all Here's, do that. Shackleford, it was noticeable in the Oklahoma game. Yeah, but this team like struggles to finish the layups. I don't. They just go up soft on the layups. Here's the thing that I have noticed as of late: it's Jaden Shackleford. If you give him a wide open layup, he's probably gonna miss it. Yeah. If you force him to go with his offhand and throw the ball backwards over his head spinning, which he does at least four times a game, he's going to hit it. Yeah, it's like me and wreck basketball. <laughs> you just throw it up and it'll like go in. Quinterly's the same, though. Quinterly is the same, same but Quinterly is also still trying to get back in the rhythm because he took like a year, two 
I think it was two or three years off from playing. He's had plenty of time. Well, though. yeah, no, he's he played been, really well at the beginning of the year. He's just been struggling as of late. He's I mean, so inconsistent. He, he was out like with some sickness or some injury that was undisclosed at the time, and we still don't know. Like, I think it came out what it was, but I don't, I don't know personally, so I'm not going to pretend like I do know. Um, he was playing really well before that. Came back in after the team had hit the stride because he went out before we hit our stride. When he came back in. The team was like, okay, we're hitting all these kind of threes. So he tried to change the, the way yeah. that he played. The way that JQ needs to play is we need to spread everyone out, give him an ISO, and have some guy cut across. Yeah, because he's he's fast too. I mean, last night he's not. I, I'm dogging on Quinterly, but last night I thought he played pretty well. And so if they can get him to the point where, mm-hmm. you know, his game is steadily increasing each time they go out there on the court, yeah. that's going to be huge later on in the season for us. Uh, fun fact, I think. I was I was doing some research on Alabama players and stuff for the article I was writing, and if you count like what he was ranked when he was recruited, Javon Quinterly's the highest rated player on Alabama's team, like oh, from yeah. high school rankings. He was a five star coming out of. I mean, dude, that's Jelly JQ. Yeah, that man was the guy who invented the jelly layup. You what didn't is, know that? What is the jelly layup? The jelly layup is where you go up like this and you turn the ball. For all of those who aren't watching the video. You, you go up like you're going for a dunk, and you turn your hand in the air to do a layup. People have definitely done that, like, way before him. <laughs> Come on. No, like, actually, he was the start of Jelly Fam. Mm. Oh, I thought you Jelly went up for the layup, and you he might like, have like, jelly on your hand. A lot, but no. he definitely did and, not invent it. You, you know, you put it on the ball, and you dunked no. it or something. I thought no. that was so, Jelly. No? Okay. You guys want to talk a little bit about NBA basketball? I think we've kind of talked a lot about Alabama, and we have a lot to talk about, so... The All-Star Game is coming up March 7th. They released the first like voting list to show how people were doing. I saw LeBron was leading mm-hmm. in the West, and Kevin Durant actually was leading in the East, which is pretty interesting because he's played okay, but I mean, I think... It, Dude, he's... Sorry, he's played well, but I don't think he's <laughs> the best... He, I don't think he's had the best season in the East. I think Joel Embiid, if you're going by pure performance, should be the number one vote getter in the East. I mean, I like you could make an argument for that, but let's give KD his props. KD's putting up better numbers than he did in his MVP season. So, I mean, he's playing better than well. He's playing out of his mind. And again, so is Joel Embiid. Yeah. But Kevin Durant is a more noticeable name, and everyone knows Joel Embiid takes possessions off on defense. Yeah, so... Who do you think should be MVP right now? Who's your pick? Currently, my MVP. Oh, man. Um, I would have to give it to Kevin Durant because of how okay. I've seen him like playing. Because without Kyrie, before they got Harden, when he had no Kyrie, dude was putting up 35 and 9 a night. Mm-hmm. And for a guy who's known as an ISO scorer to be getting 9 assists a night while still shooting above 50 to 60% most nights... Yeah. That's pretty good. That's that's MVP-level stuff because the Nets didn't really experience much of a drop-off when Kyrie left. They experienced a small one, but not much of one. Then they got Harden back, and Harden took over the point guard role, and Harden has been playing great in that role. Yeah. Because if you look at that team, Harden's the one, Kyrie's the two. Just straight up. Yeah. I mean, Harden always played well at the one. I think personally... I'm buying into the hype. I gotta go Nikola Jokic just because Joker. one. I would love to see another the center win the MVP. Mac Jones Joker. Yes, I would love to see a center win the MVP. It's been 20 years since Shaq was the last center to win it 20 years ago, and Jokic has just been playing so well. I think he's averaging like career highs in points and assists, and it's just really cool to watch a center kind of like dominate a game. 
but in a way that isn't just like them backing everyone down all the time. Like yeah, he back dominates down, back it. down, drop step. Yeah. <laughs> he dominates the game by being crafty and like a really good passer and a really good yeah. ball handler. He's very fun to watch. Yeah. He's yeah, he's very he is the ultimate fundamentals and, player because the dude is not yeah. athletic. And he's been no, he's actually been pretty athletic this year. Like he he's he's cut joker now. He he lost all the weight and now he's, he's running all the he's running everyone out the gym. That's high not flying true. dunks. He's not running everyone out of the. I gym. love watching the Nuggets in general. They're they're yeah. one of my favorite NBA teams. I mean, he got the Joker. He got Murray. The only problem that I have with the uh, with the Nuggets is how do you get offensive? You don't get offensive rebounds because you've got Jokic standing at the top yeah. of the key, and you've got Paul your Millsap, the the second. No, Paul Millsap doesn't even play with the starters. It's Michael Porter Jr. now. Oh yeah, he's six ten. He also stands at the three point line. <laughs> you've got Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, and like Will the Trail Barton's running in circles in there. You just gotta. Who's gonna grab the board? <laughs> so, Joe, what about you? Who's your MVP right now? I'm gonna have to go with uh, what Matt said. Kevin Durant coming off that injury, he's just been super impressive from Brooklyn. I knew he was gonna be good for them, but maybe not this good. I thought it would take him a little more time to kind of get get back into the flow of things. So, I would definitely pick Kevin Durant. Yeah. Well, you know what Lil B said about Kevin Durant. What's that? I can't say it on air. Yeah. Um. So, do you guys think the Brooklyn Net? You guys never heard that song? No, hey, look it up so. in your free time, ladies and gents. Uh, so right, you guys then. think that the Brooklyn Nets are legit with, you know, Kyrie came back from his soul searching, I guess. They never, he never really said what that was. He was lost in the jungles of uh, Brazil. I don't he know. was lost in something. Uh, and off, James maybe. Harden, yeah, exactly. James Harden got traded midseason. Mm-hmm. Started off like, okay, obviously, because he had he to was, find his role with the team. Yeah. And now he's been playing in Not his dinner rules. Which, yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. That's, oh, enough. That's enough. It was funny. Right. It was uncalled look, for. Look, he's not fat anymore. He just wears a stomach. Wait, he James wears, Harden, like, back he's brace. here. He's in the parking lot. I, yeah. I, I gotta go. yeah, you got to leave now. No. <laughs> Hello, police. James Harden's trying to beat me up. Um, <laughs> I think that, you know, I think they're going to be pretty good. I, I think they are already pretty good. The one thing that scares me is a team that is big man centered, like the Nuggets, you know, or like Anthony Davis on the Lakers. Mm-hmm. They don't really have a big man like have, DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, they have DeAndre Jordan, and, and they've run Kevin Durant at the center. And DeAndre Jordan's kind of a liability on defense at this point in his career. Poor so guy. It's just, I don't know, his athleticism didn't keep up with them. And now, like, who's their backup center besides DeAndre Jordan? Mm, I think well, they have, like, a starting center. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if they actually have a backup center on roster at the moment. Yeah, I feel like they have to be trading for someone at the deadline. They might not be trading for someone because they have two exceptions that they can use to sign. They still have a mid-level exception they can use to sign someone for like $10 million, which is a decent deal. But who's like available right now? Well, Andre Drummond is probably going to get bought out. Ah, okay. Which would okay. be a huge addition to that That would team. be... Okay, they're my finals favorites for sure if Andre Drummond yes, goes to the if that Because ha- there's also other people in play because the Celtics have a big trade exception that's like the Gordon Hayward trade exception, so it was $28 million mm-hmm. that they could use on Andre Drummond because, surprise, surprise, Tristan Thompson didn't fix anything. Yeah, he's been playing okay. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, he's been playing okay. They need someone to play great because yeah. they have, like, Jason Tatum is soft. You heard it here first. I'm saying it. Jason Tatum right now is soft. I, like, this season he has been playing with a, with with more heart. He doesn't really have that killer instinct when I watch him play. He just kind of looks like he's going through the motions to me. In the bubble? It was disgraceful. It wasn't even basketball yeah. what he was doing. Every single possession, Jason Tatum would shoot a step back three in the bubble. Now, like I said, he has changed that this year. As of late, things have gotten a little bit better for him. And with the emergence of Jalen Brown, which 
is incredible. Jalen Brown has been exactly what I thought he was going to be out of college. And I'm so they got happy. a lot of heat for picking him. What did they pick him? Six, seven? And third. Third? Was they it picked, all the way up? Yeah, they picked him in third because they had, it was like, yeah, I think it was third oh. or fourth. Where did he go to UCLA? UCLA. Okay, yeah. I wanted to say that. But no, I thought he went somewhere too. else. Texas, no, UCLA, UCLA. I don't know. Yeah. Regardless, he is just absolutely showed up out of no. Like, oh, it was Cal, apparently. I knew it wasn't I, UCLA. Yeah, we are same He's, coast. But I'm just all over the place. Yeah, he. Um, like I said, he. Dude, oh my gosh, he's playing so well right now, and I love that Kimba. I love what Kimba is doing for the Celtics. Okay. Kyrie Irving, when he was on the Celtics, said, I am the guy. You will listen to me when mm-hmm. I tell you what Which to do. Which worked out so well for him. And it that's worked out horribly. Not anymore. Dude, the things that were going on in Boston during that time were atrocious. It was awful. Like, the chemistry was off. The team was off. And then Kemba comes back from his injury this year. And they're like, how do you feel about your role? He says, don't ask me about my role. My role, I'm going to find my role. So long as Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum yeah, he's not, keep doing what they are doing. And fits, I'm like, yes. He fits in better with them because he's not like Kyrie's is, in my opinion, is very selfish, only cares about himself. Whereas Jalen Brown's more of a team guy and that deals better with the Celtics. Yeah, I think Kyrie might or Kimbo, yeah. be changed a little bit from that because he at the time he definitely only cared about himself because he thought yeah. he was going to be the guy. And then he learned hard that no, you're not going to be the guy. And so I think him getting with Kevin Durant and James Harden is kind of his own yeah. admission that he is no longer the guy. He's just it a part of It took him long to team. figure it out. but well, It did, but then he got weird, and everyone was like, dude, you're weird. And he's like, yeah. Dude, you're weird. To be fair, though, like I kind of understand where he's coming from. Yeah, it's selfish, and you have to be a good team player, but he left the Cavs because he wanted to not be in like LeBron's shadow anymore. He wanted to be the star on a team, and then he just happened to go to a team that drafts two players that turned into like, the young superstars. Well, it's mm-hmm. not even that. He missed most of the first year with an injury that he had to get surgery on that ended his season. Yeah, and then yeah. they had a huge playoff run with Jason Tatum showing up and actually playing with Killer Instinct. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was kind of, he f- must have felt at the time like his opportunity was robbed of him. And then he yeah. came back and expected everyone to accept the role under him. And they said no, because Jason Tatum had been having people whisper in his ear all offseason saying, You're the guy now. You're the guy. Well, Jason. actually, speaking of. You know, formerly injured former Celtics. I want to talk about Gordon Hayward, actually, real quick. I just want to bring him up. Gordon Hayward alert. He left the Celtics and he's been playing incredible in Charlotte. He's been far and away their best player, and that's impressive because they have LaMelo Ball, who's playing a lot better than I thought he would. I mean, he's playing a lot better than I thought he would, but he's also still got a lot of the major problems that I identified when he came in. The dude, he had a he started last night and it was like, okay, you started. He shot like three of ten from three, six had seven turnovers. turnovers. Or was it six? I think it was six. And but he still had three assists. So it's like your yeah. assist to turnover ratio was, in the words that I call it, negative. If it's below one, it's negative. And he had a vastly negative assist to turnover ratio. His turnovers are way too high. Yeah. I would say right now the tiers on that team are Gordon Hayward, Scary Terry, then Devontae Graham or LaMelo Ball interchangeably. This year, I think Lamella Ball is significantly ahead, of, or like firmly ahead of Devonte Graham, just because Devonte Graham has had kind of an off year after winning Most Improved Player last year, yeah, which right. he deserved. Well, yeah, he went. Yeah, he played was, very well last yeah, year. It was, but <laughs> he started off. He started off the season kind of rough. Yeah, he did. And, but I agree. I think, like I said, I didn't think Lamella was going to be that good at all. So I'm completely wrong, and I accept that he's already 
shown me that like yeah he he has rookie mistakes he makes a lot of rookie mistakes but he's shown me that he could be he's gonna he could be a superstar one day if he gets it worked out you know what he's shown me hmm. he's mature yeah i didn't think that was my number one gripe with him i said i i looked at him i said he's not mature enough to be in the nba and he That's showed up I felt as well and, and he's I've mature so wrong he's mature I am so impressed with what LaMelo Ball has done. He has blown away my expectations. He's only 19 years old. He, and he's, he's probably the favorite for Rookie of the Year right now. Uh, yeah, it's between him and yeah, him. Yeah, I mean... Because, like, it's it's him, then, like, a drop-off, then Wiseman, then another drop-off, then, like, Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah. And um, then everyone else below. Yeah. <laughs> Even though Halliburton won Rookie of the Month over Dude, James Wiseman. I don't know how. I looked at their stats. Wiseman beat him out in points and also, like, hit... <laughs> Wiseman's rebound numbers were higher than... Halliburton's assist numbers and his block numbers were higher than Halliburton's steal numbers. Yeah, but to be fair, I'd argue that a rebound doesn't equate to an assist. Like an assist is two or three points, a rebound could be zero. So obviously, when it comes to help you win, like they're both equally important. But I don't, I, I don't think you can just look at them straight up and say that they're the same thing. No. Um, so who do you guys think is going to be in the NBA Finals? Um, Whew, that's I, a big one. I think Lakers Nets. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's 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 the most. <laughs> I, I think everybody else thinks the that most, too. I just the Bucks always look so good to me in the regular season, and then the playoff Bucks. It's like they're watching like thirteen and eight this year right now. They're not that good. Uh, yeah, I think the Bucks are actually the reason why they're thirteen and eight is because they're experiencing some early season struggles with the new style that Budenholzer has them running. Because mm-hmm. I believe firmly that, <clears throat> excuse me, that they are actually running a new style, which yeah. is not because. If you look at the reason why the Bucks have lost in the last two playoffs, what was it? It's because Giannis gets shut down in the playoffs and their role players don't step up. Yes, 100%. If you look at the defense the other team runs, what is it? They just pack the paint because Giannis can't shoot. They build a wall is what they do. They, they literally the Bucks pay for it. They commit three players to guarding Giannis at one time. They commit huge. three dudes to guarding Giannis at one time. And yeah. like you said... His help never really ever stepped up. Chris Middleton has a habit of disappearing when he need, when he's needed most. And I must say, the addition of Drew uh, Holiday at the expense of Eric Bledsoe has, I think, helped that team in the long run. Yeah. Because I, Eric Bledsoe can't shoot a basketball, man. I'm really sad for the Bucks and also just for the sake of watching a, a good basketball team that the Bogdan Bogdanovich thing yeah. had, played out the way it did. So the, those I don't know. They announced that they were trading for Bogdan Bogdanovich after they got Drew Holiday. He's a perennial, you know, like six mm-hmm. man of the year type candidate, and he's pretty good. And but he would also fit the Bucks team really well. He, he would. Shoot he's incredible. Like, it, it would have been a perfect fit. Then apparently it came out that they were talking to him. They, like, agreed to the trade before the legal, like... What it was was you couldn't oh, sign people period. yet. Yeah, yeah it, it was, was tampering because you couldn't sign yet. And it was supposed to be a sign-in trade from the Kings to the Bucks. Yeah. The Kings said, done deal, and announced it. And they so sent the Kings... Then, then the Kings yeah. got cold feet because they didn't want to get in trouble for tampering, so they mm-hmm. didn't do it. And then he ended up going to the Hawks, which and, is... Yeah. You know, I mean, he's been playing pretty well, like you'd expect... But the Hawks aren't serious contenders, and the Bucks really could have used a guy like that. And the Hawks are like a fifth seed in the East. Yeah. One thing I will say, though, is that I think this is good reassurance for Giannis. I mean, he did just resign, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. He did make the decision to resign with the team. That was a big question mark was like, was he going to stay in Milwaukee if they continually lose? He's there for another four years now, I think, right? Four or five? Yeah. Um, about that. But they're showing that they want to build the team around him. They were trying to go out and get players. Even if they only got Drew Holiday, they tried to make the trade happen for the other yeah. one. So I think that if you're Giannis, that makes you feel good about the future. And I also love the addition of DJ Augustine. And now, he, you may call me crazy. Crazy. 
But man, I love what DJ Augustine brings me on the court, even if he's just a backup point guard. Because that guy can shoot a basketball, and he is one of the craftiest point guards in the NBA. He's short. He is probably a, a good liability on defense. But man, he sounds like fit, me in the rec leagues. He yeah. fit, <laughs> he fits the offensive mold that the that the Bucks need because if they are doing what I think they're doing and taking the ball out of Giannis's hands on a higher percentage of possessions, which is what I think they should do, then dude, I love it. It's funny you say that because he had a triple double yesterday <laughs> with like well, Genesis, yeah. obviously. But yeah, it's like dude, like even if you take the ball to someone's hands, like you can still get double digit assists. Oh like, yeah. I remember Brandon Ingram was getting double-digit assists, like, and I'm like, this dude's not like this dude has four point guards taking, on his team. How <laughs> taking the ball out of his hands too when you're an MVP player means you maybe you touch it seventy percent of plays instead of ninety. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're an MVP guy, it's just we're not going to ISO with you every time. Yeah. And let them build the wall. We're going to have you set the screen and then roll, and then we can let Drew Holiday create from there because they're going to collapse. So. Moving on to National yeah, Signing Day, then, are we? I just want to talk about a little bit of football. Because I am more than down. Because wow. for those of you who I, don't know. All I can know, say is wow. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, we got them. We got the number one recruiting it class. It doesn't matter who it is. We got them. We got everybody. Yeah, we we got everybody. the number one recruiting class ever. So if memory serves. Also, shout out to Kamar Wheaton for being the player that pushed us over the edge. Five yeah. star. He's the number one running back in the class. Actually, he yes. was committed to Oklahoma. And then flipped to Alabama Got on him. like early like letter of intent day or whatever. Ooh. And then look, look at this was, running back room. Yeah. Brian <laughs> Robinson, Trey Sanders, Keelan Robinson, Jace McClellan, Royda Williams, Kyle Edwards, and Kamar Wheaton. Wheaton's a five star. Sanders is a five star. McClellan's a five star. Uh, Williams, Robinson, both Robinsons are all four stars. And then Edwards is like a high three. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, you can't, well, there's no way all these guys stay here. There's no way. There's, I mean, well, that's what you think. Now, we had a running back room similar to this once. I don't know if it's ever been this good. Have you heard about the one where we had like, Alvin Kamara and Derrick Henry and, and TJ Yeldon and also like three other dudes, I think, that we had at that time? We had like yeah. an, incredi- yeah. an incredible deep group. Now, this group is special because I don't know who's going to start. <laughs> yeah. If I, I had to guess, it would be the between C Rob. Probably B Rob's job to lose. Well, that's the thing. Saban but, does but also, seniority, but he's also the first dude. Let's not forget, we had um, oh, there was some quarterback we had here. He played like two drives to start the season. He was named our starting quarterback. Blake Barnett. Two dri- yeah, Blake Barnett. Yeah, it was the season yanked. opener against USC, and then that's when Jalen Hurts came over. He got yanked. Jalen Hurts came history. in and threw for a bunch one, of yards and a bunch of touchdowns. One thing I'd say as well is a lot of what happens or who starts next season, I think, depends on Trey Sanders and how healthy he is. Mm-hmm. Because he was getting a lot of play as the number three, and then I feel so bad for him because two times now, like something that wasn't like yeah, he had freak the, accident ended his injury. He got no foot car injury, crash. and then he had the car crash. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, you know, he can st- he can stay healthy. But yeah, I just looking at this room. I, yeah, dude, Kamar Wheaton looks good. I watched some of his high from some of his high school tape. My God. Yeah. Also, fun fact: I believe Jace McClellan went to the same high school as him. I think it was Jace McClellan. We have a player. Well, I know. That, that I know. Jace McClellan, uh, for commitment, was co- committed to Oklahoma. Oklahoma as they well. went to the same high school, and then they both flipped on. That's like awesome. Two years in a row, 
a running back that went to the same high school like flipped from Oklahoma to Alabama. Man, Oklahoma's got to be a little bit salty about that. Alabama's signing class has an average player rating of .95. There are only 110 players rated .95 in America. <laughs> in America. That's pretty good. I This is... Man. I mean, we thought the 2017 recruiting class was great for us. You know, guys like Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, Jedrick Wills, yeah. uh, Tua, all those guys. This class is... Paul Tyson. <laughs> I'm this sick of people telling me even, Paul Tyson's going to Even better. It's the highest rated recruiting class we've ever had. Yeah. That's insane to me. It's the highest rated recruiting class anyone's ever had. I mean, diving, uh, diving into, you know, the actual people who recruited, we only had a couple guys... Um, Commit, not recruit, excuse me. Uh, we got four-star Terry and Arnold and then five-star Kamar Wheaton because obviously with the early signing period now in December, majority of these players, that's when they sign. Yeah. But there's always a couple that um, wait till the actual signing day. And then we're still in the mix for, uh, I'm going to butcher, JT Tuamalalu. Top-rated defensive end, I believe. Yeah, defensive end out of Sandwich, Washington. He was going to commit on signing day, but he said he wants to visit a couple more schools. I mean, he visited Alabama his sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Ohio State is a favorite to land him. Still hasn't even stepped foot in Columbus, which doesn't make much sense to me why they're the favorite. So I think he's going to commit, or he's going to commit in April, I believe. Yeah. So that, that bodes well for Alabama because they have more time to... Yeah, that'd be incredible because, like... Win him I, over. Since we... Like, it's been a couple of years, I think, since we've had, like, a legitimate force at the end and now we have will anderson who's an absolute monster yeah and then you know combine him with jt or anyone like that yeah Boy, i don't know I, I still think it's more likely he goes to ohio state just because yeah. i mean you look at them both the bosa brothers chase young the level of success mm-hmm. those guys have had and you know defensive line coach larry johnson has just been able to churn out these these monsters year in and year out by the way i will say i've i said it before, like the day before the national championship game, and I will say this for years: by his junior season, Will Anderson will be the best defensive end in college football. Mm-hmm. I I sure hope so, man. Because like you said, we it's been a while since we've had that premier elite pass rusher. It's I feel like our defense doesn't really tailor to you know a stud defensive end. We're yeah, more balanced. Cor- well, it's been like it's, cornerbacks recently, like Patrick. Sertan, oh, we have been cornerback. You as of late, Diggs. we have produced so many guys, dude, Fitty Pat, uh, Kool-Aid glizzy, Jaquincy McKinstry. Oh now. yeah. He's on the basket. He was actually on yeah. the bench for the basketball game. This last well, year. But, uh, going off Kool-Aid. of that, not only McKinstry, but allegedly Terry and Arnold, who we yeah. got yesterday is going to play basketball as well. I don't know how yes. that's going to work got, out. We got two dual sport athletes. Because the seasons yesterday. overlap, but I'm, just, I'm assuming football. Oh, yeah. Football, football takes yeah, priority. priority. It's, it's football. And, Oates, and, then and Nate Oates knows that. They, ju- they show up halfway through the year, and it's just like, if you've got a guy that next plays... Next body, some fresh legs. Like, that, yeah. it's like oh. if you have a guy that plays football out on a basketball court, he's going to be way more aggressive than everyone else. And so he, it's like, you sick him out there for five minutes at a time and say, press that guy full court. Other dude's gas. This guy's like, let's go. Well, I mean, they're both like walk down... Uh, Players in the secondary, so I'm yeah. assuming their defense for basketball <laughs> translates pretty well as well. Lateral quickness, man, it translates. All right, are we ready to take a step into the pros here? There's yes. some big, heavy-hitting discussions we have to take on. Yes. NFL First time. off, this is my favorite time. Where and is Deshaun Watson going to Minnesota? Is all right. No, I'm kidding. Homer. Is Deshaun Watson going to leave? And if You're so, a Homer. If so, where is he kidding. going? That's not realistic. I call you a Homer, but I believe. 
the best situation for Deshaun Watson, don't you and it. I'm biased, don't you say it. would be the Washington football team. I don't think he's not going to the Jets. He wants to why go to the, the he- Jets. Nobody wants to go to the Jets. He wants to go to the Jets. Why would he wants out of tech? Why would he get out of Houston just to turn around and go to a franchise that's been a dumpster fire, just like the Houston Texans? People really like Robert Sala. Yeah, I know they've got a new coach and they've you know fixed a lot of their issues. But do you think Deshaun Watson wants to go up there in the cold weather in New York and have all that pressure on him when he can come to Washington? With Ron Rivera, who's a good head coach, a amazing defense, top two defense in the NFL. I mean, that a good offensive line. That just sounds like a way better situation. Him, obviously, well, I'm biased, and I want him. Yeah, to go and the other option is <laughs> well, Miami. I was going to say Miami is Miami. I don't think Miami I was either. Miami is the perfect too, option. Though, wasn't one of the like big reasons he wanted to leave the Houston Texans was the ownership. And the Washington football team's ownership is not exactly similar. <laughs> it's, I mean, that is true. It. I just, he wants to get out of Houston. I just think Washington would be a good place. There's some rumblings about Miami, rumblings about Denver. He's not going to go to Denver's going to stick it out with I Drew. hope you realize how Homerish you sound right now. Denver's going to stick it out with Drew Locke. I think they will. And then Miami, they're not going to get rid of Tua. I mean, but like, I, mean, the, they, I love Tua, right? But Tua could be Deshaun Watson level, but Deshaun Watson already is, is they're not, Deshaun They're not going to give up on him on well, Tua that early. I mean, here's Deshaun the deal. Watson. If you, if it's like Deshaun Watson, disgruntled star, not going to sell for as much, then you're like, okay, we just, you know, throw a couple picks in there. We throw in Tua, and we throw in, like, you know, one of our, like, really good defenders yeah, throw in one of their but, four cornerbacks. Yeah, like, the Dolphins, like Noah Igbenogany or someone. Yeah, like the Dolphins some, are the Dolphins are studs of the future. They're gonna mortgage their future on Deshaun Watson. Yeah, dude, 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 dude. Let but me tell you, he's, they're, he's, they're a team that's been trying to load up on draft capital and by getting a, Deshaun Watson, no matter how good he is. The rebuild in Miami, you're taking a step backwards. The rebuild in Miami, they're still not gonna have a lot is, of great receivers. They're still gonna have a. Offensive line that's struggling. Watson put up what, MVP yeah. stats with Will Fuller as his best. With receiver. Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks, and then didn't experience a drop off when Will Fuller got nixed for doping. Dude, like I, I just think I'm it's, telling a, it's you, a step backwards for them. It's not. Not. I'm not. Obviously, Deshaun Watson is better than Tua, but I think it's a little too quick to give up on Tua Here's, and just the draft capital you're gonna have to suck well, in. We haven't even talked about that. Let me like, let me the, say this. I've been wanting to say this. If Here's my take on this. If the Dolphins get Deshaun Watson and they don't have to give up four defensive pieces and they can just give up like a couple draft picks and whatnot, the rebuild is over. And I think that Miami is immediately a 10 or 11 win team. And the thing is, too, is he's only 25 and he's under contract for four years. He's still part of the future. How many picks, though? I mean, mean, let's let's get it. They said it was going to be two firsts and two seconds or something. It was two firsts and two... Was it two first? Two first and a third. Yeah, and, and so Jared it's like Goff. two first and two but second, which is not a, one of those firsts was probably for just taking Jared Goff's god awful contract. Like they were, you know, they used banishing him to, to Detroit. Yeah, they used that yeah. as a way to get free of his contract as well. So that's pro- I think Stafford's deal was like a little probably, more than it should have been. I mean, Stafford's deal was probably like slightly less than Goff's, I imagine, because oh no no, it Goff's was, was big. His contract is Stafford's was also really big, if I remember. I believe so. Yeah. I mean, look, it, I love Deshaun Watson as a player. In fantasy, I always pick him up because the dude is he might be the like one of the best like 
dual ability quarterbacks. Yeah, and now you could say Lamar's dual Lamar's not dual ability. Lamar is Oh, there. I'd take Deshaun Watson over Lamar Jackson. In exactly. A there's only one quarterback in the NFL. If I was just given a vacuum and say pick a quarterback, that I would take over Deshaun Watson, and it's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. There, he is the only one. I wouldn't take Kyler over Deshaun. I wouldn't take Tua over Deshaun. I wouldn't take a single quarterback in this league. Even Aaron Rodgers, I wouldn't take over Deshaun because I can build with Deshaun. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. if he throws a pick, he's a different player. Well, he, and he's touched mental. on it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is athletic, but he's not as athletic yeah. as Deshaun and Watson. Like, the whole thing, too, is if you do this, right? Say, say it's a team like Miami. It does this, and it doesn't work out for them the first year. They have three more years of Deshaun Watson like yeah. you know, in his prime on his first like actual contract. Here's the deal. A quarterback's prime, I feel like is way longer than like we think cuz like yeah, you could argue his his prime would end in when he was what 29, 28, 29. Well, no, I'd say like mid 30s his I, prime would be over. 34, I would say, I would say his prime might end when he's I mean, look, Aaron Rodgers just put up MVP season at 30 what, 7? 38? 38, I think so. He's somewhere around there. Dude, Deshaun Watson reminds me a little bit of Aaron Rodgers in the regards that he just makes it happen. He goes out on the field and makes something happen. And, like, yeah, he was, you know, his team was losing. His team couldn't play defense. How do you have J.J. Watt have a bad defense? Because you can't play defense with one player. uh, J.J. Watt's kind of been overrated. They had J.J. Watt and Clowney at one point. And I mean, Clowney is also not a pass rusher, as everyone thinks he is. He's a run that's stopper. True. That's fair. I don't know. I think J.J. Watt's been, unfortunately, because I love the dude, and he seems like a really nice guy, he's been really overrated, I think, the last couple of years, just based on the seasons he used to have. But since his back yeah. started acting up, he just has Well, they just, yeah. like you touched on, they have it's nobody like, around him either. They have it's just J.J. Like, Watt. And- they've got J.J. Watt. I think they still have Whitney Merciless, because I love that guy's name. Um, they have... They got rid of D.J. Reader. They got rid of... Yeah. Uh, Kareem Jackson played there, right? I yeah, mean, they, 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 they. I think they still anybody, have Kareem Jackson. So. Do they really? I thought he played um, for Denver. Uh, yeah, I thought he went to the Broncos. I think we actually switched players, and that's what's getting me confused here. Because we had a guy that I really liked. Um, oh, he was a cornerback, number twenty-six for the Broncos, I think, or twenty-seven. I can't remember his name. Loved that guy, Bradley Roby. Yeah, no, Kareem Bradley Jackson's Roby's on the Texans. On the Broncos. Yes, Kareem Jackson. It was like a preseason. I don't know if. It, I don't know if it was a trade or we just signed the players that we have from each other, but mm-hmm. I loved Bradley Roby. He's a very good corner, but like when you're the only one on the team, you you're still gonna yeah. get numbers put up against you. And like everything in a good secondary is, yeah, the whole secondary is good, but that's not the way it is with them. So, so Miami's the team. I think Miami is that position because it's it's like you said it's not cold it's warm it's warm (laughs) it's a beach it's pretty to look at Hard Rock well like they I think location I don't think location has a lot to do with it I I think think that I think that from what I saw today anything that isn't Texas like Houston is probably (laughs) on like the books it's just whoever has the best package and I think that. They have a pretty darn good package. Yeah, and their defense is like stellar. Their running back room just shows up all the time. Like they're res- like they're tight end. Miles, uh, what's his tight end's name? Is it Miles? Mike Jasecki. Mike Jasecki. Miles Mike is running. Back. Yeah. All right. Sorry, I got yeah, the good. MGs mixed up there. But Mike Jasecki is a good receiving tight end. Like he makes all the incredible catches and just like drops open catches. Yes. <laughs> it's weird, but so, so and the thing that sorry, one more thing before. Like, yeah, go I, ahead. You say this. I just wanted to say, Tua so far has been one of the most timid quarterbacks in the NFL. He refuses to make a throw into traffic, and while that is the hallmark of a smart quarterback, 
he just completes 20 passes for like 160 yards a game, and that's not that's what it's going to take enough. to win. It's yeah. not good enough. And that's uh, why a lot of the team is like, there was like rumors that a lot of the team was like, yo, can this dude actually get it done? And that's where they would pull Tua if they wanted to win a game. And put he it was right not helped out, one, by the fact that he's coming off an injury. We forget that, I mean, we didn't even know if we'd get to see him play football ever again, coming off an injury. And then also having Chan Gailey, the uh, living fossil, calling offensive plays for them. That didn't help him. Didn't have a lot of great weapons around him other than Gusecki. Um, I mean, that team was... You took Tua and stuck him on a team that was rebuilding. I mean, granted, they... They did pretty well. They won more games than I thought they would. But then my question I'd pose for you is that why did Ryan Fitzpatrick look so much better? Ryan Fitzpatrick has been in the league so. for so long. He's so cerebral. He You can plug him into any offense. And Tua, I mean, he's a rookie. He's going to make those mistakes. No, I mean, I mean, Fitzpatrick's been in the league for a ton of years. So he, he knows the ins and outs of... I mean, he does. But also, let's not forget, Tua still had really good games where he would put up yeah, exactly. 300, 400 yards. But when it came down to the end of the season, when he should have already had the experience from the first five, six games he had played, he was still throwing only checkdowns because that was what was open. He would only throw three to four yard passes most times. He'd take like a look downfield and then he'd just throw it short or he'd take too long in the pocket, which is again a rookie mistake, which you learn out of. But he didn't, if I'm the Dolphins, I make that move as an Alabama fan. That pains me to say because yeah, I think so. Because I well, think about all the people Tua. that bought Tua jerseys. They're like gonna be screwed. So you'd say, yeah. "Well, yeah, it's true." I mean, like, so you'd send Tua to Houston, right? Swap quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I, uh, this is a hot take, but if you're swapping quarterbacks, you're sending Tua to Houston. You're getting all those picks in, in return as well. I'm, I'd take the Texans' future over the the Dolphins. Because I'm telling you, <laughs> you're mortgaging so much on one player. Yes, it's Deshaun Watson. I mean, I'm not arguing Deshaun Watson isn't great, but yeah. to give up that many picks for a player when you're already a re- you're still a rebuilding team with Deshaun Watson. I mean, you're better at the quarterback position, but you're still you're still a rebuilding team. So would you say like a team that's one? You saying a team that was one game out of the playoffs this year with a rookie quarterback starting is still rebuilding? With a rookie like quarterback, Minnesota was one game out of the playoffs with Kirk Cousins, but I wouldn't say we're rebuilding. Yeah, like I don't know. And besides, I, I just I think you're you're overvaluing picks here because like picks can be anything, right? There's no surefire picks in the NFL, and so when you have a guy that's already proven he's a perennial MVP candidate, I would definitely take that over like the, the potential that it yeah. could be a player as good as him or half as yeah. good as him. It's, and it's, I mean, like, look at the Seahawks. The Seahawks never hit on first or second round picks. Their first day in the draft is terrible. They only ever hit on third, fourth, and later. Like, with the first and second round pick, there are actually, like, like, actual, uh, sorry, executives and administrators in the NFL that don't value first or second round picks at all. They're just like, okay, you want them, you can the have The Rams. Them. Exactly, yeah. the Rams. Because giving out first round picks like I, like, I don't well. think you should give away every single first round pick you have because the opportunity, even though it's not based in like weird numbers, percentages that the NBA is based in, the NFL is a direct representation of how bad you do. If you're yeah. not in the top 10, you have a chance to get a, a franchise changing player, but you know. You still need a lot of third and fourth and fifth round picks to fill out the rest of the roster because you never know when you're going to hit on those. Monty Rice is going to be probably a third round pick, maybe a mid-second round pick, the middle linebacker out of Georgia. Monty Rice, if you ask me, is going to be a stud. Now, that's I be I know him personally, so I might, you know, be biased towards that. Like 
I knew him. I went to you know school with him freshman year. He probably doesn't remember me, but I remember him. And I still think fondly of him because I have a lot of respect for him. I've seen what he had to go through. That dude worked through a lot. He's a good player. He's a good player and he's a good guy. And I think that he is going to be an excellent 10th best middle linebacker in the NFL at the height of his career. And that's something you need on your team. You don't always need... Like, look, Blake Martinez plays really well wherever he goes. His net being lauded as a top middle linebacker. Yeah. In fact, a lot of times, the top middle linebacker isn't very good. Like, he's on a team that's not very good. Because he's the top middle linebacker. And you spent a lot of money or a lot of draft capital on one dude by draft... By having that number one, like, the first round, like, Eh. ninth pick overall. I think the top middle linebacker has been... Like, this is completely unrelated to what we started talking about, but I think the top middle linebacker has actually been on, like, one of the best teams in the league every year for the past recent I mean, future. Because, like, you have Bobby Wagner, you have yeah. Luke Keekley when the Panthers were so good. He was still Super Bowl, and yeah. when they were bad, he was still on the team, too. He was there for, like, half a season and then got hurt yeah. and retired. I mean, he was um, every year. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, like, this year, who would you put? I don't know, like, maybe Levante David or someone like that? They're uh, in the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's been a linebacker this year. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. That's a good question to that one. Wrapping it up is, I just how many like it depends on how many picks it's going to be. Yeah. If it's only a couple, then I I, I agree with you guys. I can see uh, Miami winning that. But if they just if it's a slew of picks and a player like Tua who had an up and down year but could still be great, I think that's just too much to give up. Well, then one last thing I would pose too is. Maybe there doesn't need to be a winner to the trade. I mean, I experienced that firsthand this year as a Vikings fan. Stefan Diggs going to Buffalo. We got Justin Jefferson out of it. That's true. They got their star receiver who led the team in yards and set a whole bunch of Bills records. We got the guy who set the record for best receiving rookie season ever in the Super Bowl era. Yeah. So I, I like well, the like, trade for both sides. It's like, you know? yeah, it's a great trade. Like, you traded away a guy that people did have questions about, admittedly. I don't know why. Stephon Diggs has always oh, been a stud, and he's always been a little bit of a diva, but that's because Kirk sometimes struggles to throw a football down the field. Yeah. Very frequently. And with Justin Jefferson. He, you could see Jefferson was also kind of getting upset with Kirk at different points in the season, but not really. There were times. There's not, not really. He would be in the end zone like, "Come on, Kirk, hit me, hit me, hit me." There was that we all seen that. Yeah, there was all of that. There was that one video that happened, and all then literally he one. went to the sideline immediately and was like, "Hey, my bad, Kirk. I was just open." Yeah, and yeah. like that's the thing. That's fine. Like in the game, passions rise. That is what it is. And Justin Jefferson is indeed the receiver of the future for the Vikings. And Thielen is the receiver of the present because the dude can catch anything. But, you know, Jefferson's the receiver of the future. And like you said, no one won the trade. And I feel like you've made a good point with that. No one has to win this trade. I also, (laughs) I think that on paper, it may look like the Texans win any trade that they make. But let's not forget here. It's the Texans. Hey, who Bill else O'Brien's can, gone. Who else? I mean, who else can screw he's up? Not, I mean, he's uh, here now. Now we got to deal yeah, with The him. bad man can't hurt them anymore. But he can sure hurt us, which I don't think he will because yeah. he's a good OC. Because he was the OC of the 16-0 Patriots. So That's true. <laughs> so do you guys want to talk about the Super Bowl just real quick? Yes, we, uh, absolutely. Leave. And so, you know, Super Bowl 55, I believe, mm-hmm. if I can read my Roman numerals correctly. That is indeed um, an L and a V. Super Bowl LV 55. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is crazy to me because when he signed Say that again. the Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tampa Bay, nice, which is crazy <laughs> because when he signed, a whole bunch of people were like, "Oh, they're going to the Super Bowl," and I didn't see it. And look at me now, I yeah. was completely I'll, I'll wrong. I'll eat crow on that one. Yeah. I didn't think I thought they were going to win nine games or so, but 
It turns out all they didn't needed they was win? somebody who didn't turn the ball over. Like I think they won eleven. Yeah, I would say but, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't exceed them. their expectations by much in terms of the win column. But, but the, yeah, well, they won they, when it mattered. They struggled against New Orleans twice in the regular season, and then just kind of destroyed them once they played in the playoffs. Um, and the Kansas City Chiefs on the other end, looking to go back to back, as Drake would say. I, well, first off, they played in the regular season. The Chiefs won by three. Tyreek Hill had 270 yards and like three touchdowns in the first was, quarter. Like he had most of those. Yeah, which, yeah. <laughs> I was. I. I really thought he was going for a record, and then he just didn't do anything the rest of the game, and I was sad. But <laughs> they're like, yeah, let's. We should probably start. You know, defending the best, one of the best receivers in football. The yeah, game was maybe. also deceptively close because the Bucks kind of came back in the end. They scored 14 unanswered in the fourth quarter. Yeah, which. I'm not saying like it's garbage time. Obviously, they were still trying to come back, but it they were down big for most of the yeah. game and then made it close at the end. Um, so who do you guys think is going to win? Honestly, I'm looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playoff history from, from this year. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it, and I think the Chiefs are going to win Okay, based solely on the fact that they almost late let Taylor Heineke beat them. Hey. Oh, I forgot about they that They beat... Yeah. The Saints with Drew Brees being having no arm, no ability to grip the ball, and throwing three interceptions, which he never does. Yeah. That I wasn't even a testament to their defense. He was just getting hit every play. He was giving him the ball. He just gave the ball up a lot. And then the Packers, when Aaron Rodgers threw an interception and went down early. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of giving the ball up, Tom Brady had like three or four interceptions that game. He did. Yeah. Tom Brady can only play a good half of football now at this point in his career. But that half of football is spectacular. Need. Yeah, that's all you need. And though. so far, it's been all they needed. But you have to play more than a good half of football against the Chiefs. And you know because who Tom Brady hates going up against is Steve Spagnola, who's a defensive coordinator for the Chiefs. <clears throat> of course. <laughs> well, that Tom Brady touchdown pass to Scotty Miller to end the half. It was beautiful. One of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. I'm not biased, by the way. Um, but yeah, yeah, I thought yeah, it was yeah. crazy watching because everyone in the world thought he was just gonna like take, get, catch like a five yard pass and go out of bounds for an easy field goal, and then he just kept running. And Gee, then they could have won that game if they had just played defense for four more right, seconds, or yeah. didn't kick a field goal with two minutes to go down. Yeah, eight that that was that. a risky, it was a risque decision by uh, Matt Lafleur, and I think that was a really dumb decision. I mean, yeah. uh, Andy Reid said it when they played Tampa. Right, they went for it on fourth down when they were up three. And they said, I learned a long time ago that you don't give the ball back to Tom Brady. Yeah. I guess Matt LaFleur just learned you don't give the ball back exactly. to Tom Brady. And he may have wasted the last MVP year of Aaron Rodgers like that. A man eh, can hope. So we're all, we all agree that the, the Chiefs... We yes. currently, knock on wood, we all are in agreement that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. That's not me knocking on Brady. I know how bad it is to bet against Brady. Yes. Because Brady is the greatest of all time. But he's facing the one man that can genuinely overtake him as the greatest of all time. Yeah. I think that, you know, I've never seen an offense. I don't know if we ever will see an offense again that's just as good as the Chiefs have been these last couple of years. And here's the thing. You can even argue that Mahomes is a system quarterback in the regards that the system is Mahomes do something. And he does something. He'll run around in the pocket, scramble around, sidearm a ball 50 yards down the field to Tyreek Hill, who long since ran his route and is just doing loop-de-loops over there. Yeah, he's just bored. He's yeah. just bored in like the secondary, and the secondary is trying to keep up with him, and he's running circles around him. And Travis Kelsey, the dude is next level. 
Yeah. My Patrick, word. Patrick Mahomes has a chance to get his second Super Bowl win before his 10th career loss, which is very impressive. Very, very impressive. 42 and 9 throughout his career so far. I just. I don't, obviously, you know, there's a lot of factors, but I think Mahomes is certainly on pace. Um, maybe not to. I, could, he could be better than Tom Brady, but he, he's definitely on pace, you know. He's on pace to overtake him. To overtake the him, problem, which is crazy. It's like Tom Brady's been the GOAT for so long. Yeah. yeah. And then you have this young, this, this young gun, Pat Mahomes, who, like, the he can do anything on a football field. And he, he wants it. He he's, wants it as much as everyone else does, which is the, like he wants it as much as Brady does. I think he's better than Brady in the sense that he, he does. There's more that he does. You know, he has that athletic ability. He has that rocket arm. Brady's bread and butter was just the fact that he had Belichick. He was in a good system, smart. and he's very like, he's cerebral. incredibly well, accurate, and incredibly has smart. Let's all not, of that. Let's let's like give credit where credit yeah. is due. Yeah. Brady is one of the most accurate quarterbacks. See, I ever like he is insanely good. Like he also had a cannon back in his day, and yes, he did have a good system. Mahomes has a good system too. Mahomes has a great system. I, I may be a bit of a Mahomes fanboy, but I think I would argue that in sheer peak, Mahomes has already had a better like peak than Tom Brady. But I think in terms of greatness, he's got a long way to go. He'll, yeah, I mean, greatness greatness if you get from, one season of the best Mahomes or the best Brady. I don't know. It, I think yeah. that one might be hard. Consistency is key. Obviously, yes. there's a lot of factors. He has to do like it for said. another 15, 20 years. Yeah, he's gonna, yeah. I mean, I think he will, but I think he definitely who knows could, what's going to happen. There's so much stuff that, like, yeah. I think football is so random. It like, is. Yeah. Oh, man. As, as there's just as much of a chance that, like, next year he has a career-ending injury than he does that he keeps yeah. up this level of well, play for 15 and years. Here's the thing. At this point, I am. there's nothing that terrifies me more watching football than the prospect of Patrick Mahomes getting injured. I'm yes. a Broncos fan. I am in his division, no, and he, I want him to not get when injured. When he hurt his yeah, leg last year, I was thing. actually like, very I was, sad. I was like distraught. I'm like, dude, this guy is going to bring the NFL into the next generation. Everyone thought it was going to be Kyler, thought it was going to be Lamar. No, it's Patrick Mahomes. This is the future of the NFL. Patrick Mahomes, the future of the NFL. That's a hot take. That's not a hot take. That's a cold take. Everybody, <laughs> I know. I was joking. Got anything else? No, I think we're good. I so. think it is good. I think that shall wrap up the 15th episode of the Super Sports. We made Flash it all the way to 15. Podcast. Who'd have thought? Right. Yeah, we're not me. We're moving. Surprised. Well, thank you all for watching. Thank you. We love you all. We're glad that you tuned in, and we'll see you guys on the next episode of the Super Sports Flash Podcast. Peace. Peace. Hey, Washington, D.C., spring is almost here, and now is the perfect time to get a healthy, pest-free lawn with your local experts at True Green, America's number one lawn care company. True Green's science-based approach will help give your lawn the year-round care it needs to be thick and weed-free. Go to TrueGreen.com radio to save 50% on your first service. Just call 877-461-0681 or go to TrueGreen.com radio today and get a lawn to be proud of. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? 
I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.